What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. We got a heck of a show here for you for show number two. We're starting out with an athletic recap. We're doing our weekly wing review. We're going the go to the week and trivia with Trent and then finishing off with some questions. To get started with that athletic recap, we're going to highlight the volleyball team. They beat St. Norbert 3-0. They upset number 11, Gustavus, 3-1. They had a thrilling match against number 25-ranked Wash U, where they won 3-2. Then this leaves them on the season at 7-2. We got a quote from coach Jenna Ness where she really wanted to talk about the competition. I thought we competed really well this weekend and we made some adjustments well on the fly. Everywhere, everyone is always playing through adversity in the first few weeks of the season. But our experience showed through our composure, we played toward the end of each set. This entire season, we are playing a tough strength of schedule, and we have to show up ready to compete every day. So look at the volleyball team leaning on that leadership, leaning on that experience. Uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat. That leads us to women's soccer. Women are ranked 21 in the country now. They had a 6-0 win over the College of St. Scholastica. They won a nail-biter 1-0 over Oshkosh, undefeated 4-0 on the season. It's been a great start for women's soccer. Here's a quote from Matt Pucci, the head coach. Quote, great job today to grind out a win in tough conditions. We could have done better with some chances, but defended very well throughout and kept pressing until we found a way through. So that does it really for our athletic recap this week. We just stuck with a couple of sports this week. Instead of going through all the sports, we want to focus from here on out on just two of the sports so we can talk a little bit more in depth on those events. So uh, after that, we're going to dive into our wing review of the week. We made our way all the way up to Madison, Wisconsin, where we were supporting one of the Dewhawks. Uh, he was a former Dewhawk on the cross-country team, O'Brien Nuge. He O'Brien Nugent. Nugent. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we, we just call, call him Nuge. Nuge is just his nickname, but it's O'Brien Nugent. Really, he goes by Brian, if you want to call him just Brian. Where he competed in an Ironman. Uh, he placed fourth in his age group, 98th overall. Uh, he finished, I believe, and it was 10 hours and 32 minutes, uh, which, I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, that's not something that I could do. For those of you who don't know what an Ironman is, is a triathlon that's done with a two-and-a-half-mile swim, 106 or 115, no, I thought it was up to like 120. Yeah. Somewhere around, it might be a 120-mile bike and then a marathon to finish. So an incredible feat for anybody. And this was his first one, so we went to support him over in Madison. So obviously uh, we had to stop, get some wings. We went to Great Dane, uh, and to be honest, I, I'm a big guy on the tenderness of those wings. That plays a huge factor. Um, the meat fell off the bone. The sauce is pretty good. I gave it an 8.1. <laughs> so we had a big table. Everyone gave us their rating that ate the wings. Uh, Cole, like you said, gave it an 8.1. I had it at a 7.1. I wasn't as impressed. It didn't quite have the flavor I was hoping for. It did have tenderness, so it's slightly above average. Um, but for the most part, I've had a lot better wings. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was a good wing. It was like they were overall good wings. I wouldn't say they were 
like bad wings, but it's not one of those things where it's like, oh man, I really want to go back to Great Dane to have another one of those wings. You know, they were right, like, they right. were good. If I was going there already, I would get them again maybe, but I would never seek out to go back there and say, I really want to get those wings. I agree. That's a good point. Um, O'Brien Nugent, he also uh, gave them a review. He gave it a 7.8. We kind of got to factor that one with uh, how tired he was. Uh, he said, this is a delirious 7.8. It could be good. It could be bad. He said, I can hardly feel my legs right now. <laughs> he was struggling. He thought it was like 3 o'clock, and it was like 8. So his, t- his t- <laughs> inter- internal time clock was a little off as well. But, I mean, that kind of leads us into our story uh, of the week. And we, as we were leaving, uh, we're a good group of guys. Uh, we were, it was awesome that we had to go there to support him. Uh, on his day that he was able to accomplish something like this. And then one of his buddies who helped him train, helped him throughout the day, uh, needed a ride, which ended up leading us to a 20-minute detour out of the way. But I guess I even forgot. um, We didn't actually even get to see Nugent finish the (laughs) Ironman. Um, We were running a little late from our women's golf tournament, so we got a little late departure. So we actually, as we were parking, we watched him online finish up his Ironman, and then we got to congratulate him when he was in the booth. Yeah, so it was kind of a stressful ride there. So we were, you know, it's about an hour and 20, an hour, 30-minute drive to Madison, and right as we got in the car, he, we were tracking him, and he was about an hour 15, an hour 20 to finish projected. And so as we were going, it was like, oh, God, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? So we're flying in there right as he's about to finish. We park the car, and, of course, we miss it by, like, a matter of minutes, which what are the chances of that? I mean, yeah, just think about how many, like if we were (laughs) stuck behind one slow car, we could have easily saw him cross the finish line. He could have stopped to take a couple more breaks. But no, I mean, he did a good job. Um, It was awesome that we at least got to experience that with him. Uh, It's awesome that he completed it and did it as well as he did. And I mean, the atmosphere as a whole was pretty sweet. I mean, I've never been to to an Ironman before. I mean, I've been to like a half marathon and like a 5K and stuff like that. Um, but the, the atmosphere as a whole, it was really cool to experience. Yeah, it seemed like uh, the whole city was out there supporting it. And uh, there were people still on the bike when Nuge finished. That was going to be a long night for them. I think that they capped. There's a time cap. Do you remember There's, what the time cap uh, was? It was 12.15. Like, well, technically a.m. So uh, they had, yeah. I think it was like 17 hours total of start to finish. Um, but everyone started at a different time. So that's why... It's not like right. Nuge beat him out. Well, he ran a whole marathon before they did. You know, like they started later than he did. But right, right, that makes sense. Yeah, and then that that ride back was also an adventure, having to go thirty minutes out of the way, and then turning that ride into an hour and forty five minutes with the five of us in a tiny little car. Well, I guess it wasn't tiny, but it, it felt tiny. We were all crammed in. We even got to take a couple cool down breaks. There was no <laughs> AC, so we had to roll down the windows anytime we got a little steamy in there. Uh, and we also got to watch some uh, Sunday night football, uh, J-O-B, and some J-O-B technologies coming in clutch uh, with those games. So that brings us to our next section, which is go to the week. So last week, we did the sport of competitive eating. This week, we'll see what we got. I'm about to draw from the hat here. This week, we're going to be talking about CrossFit. I mean, I got my guy. My guy's right. Frazier. I'm obviously going to have to go with Rich Froning on this. Uh, you know, it is possible that you could look at the women's side and, and go Tia Claire Toomey, but she's won three. A couple of them are close battles, whereas Rich Froning 
and Frazier have both won four individual titles. So you got to kind of compare those two. I think it's, again, one of those sports where it's one or the other and everyone else isn't really necessarily close. I mean, you can just look to start off the margin of victory uh, that Frazier has had. He in This last one was pretty close uh, that he did win. But in 2018, he won by 220 points. He then in 2017 won by 216. And in 2016, he won by 197. Yeah, he dominated those competitions, but he also did lose to Froning head-to-head. There is always going to be that asterisk in my mind. He wasn't in his prime. Still, I think it might have been his rookie season, so I get that. But he did lose to him head-to-head. He also then lost to Ben Smith, so he got second twice. Rich Froning's only ever gotten second one time. Um, And Rich Froning had much more of a dominant performance in the Open and in regionals when he was in his prime, I just wish I could have seen them in the, both of their prime head-to-head because Rich Froning still competes, but he does the team. Um, which he dominates it. Which he still, yeah, he dominates the team, but he's getting older. He's had some injuries. Uh, Frazier clearly is still training hard at the peak of his game. The argument on your side, I guess, you're right. Frazier, he seems to have less weaknesses, whereas Rich Froning, his running was like a clear weakness for him. But strength-wise and like doing typical Metcons, they seem to be very similar. They are, they are kind of similar, <laughs> so I looked it up. Um, Frazier, his back squat max uh, in the games is 485. Froning's is 475. Oh, wow. Clean and jerk, Frazier is 375. Froning is 370. Snatch, Frazier is 315. Froning is 305. Deadlift, this is the only one that Froning's got him in. Frazier is three or is 500, Froning is 570. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a point in time where Froning said that his deadlift was a weakness, so he probably worked on that a lot. Their strengths are very similar, and they both were kind of at the top level of strength as far as CrossFit goes. So they had a significant advantage, at least at the time, uh, over the field in that. And I think even now, Frazier won the strength event at this past games. But it would be very interesting to see Rich Froning compete now with the new way to qualify for the games and also the new way that the games is scored, where now they kind of cut people off as you go. Uh, so it ended up being only 10 competitors with like five events remaining. So it was interesting. It definitely changed the way that it was structured and scored out. I mean, you could also just um, watch in different things, watch in different games. Uh, you could just watch and see how much Frazier put into it mentally and how he was thinking out through it through each event, where Froning, it was kind of a new sport, uh, CrossFit, I mean, he could just go yeah. out and dominate different things, and you didn't have to necessarily think through different events. Right, yeah, no, that's a good point, point. and the thing that I really admire about Froning is the fact that he was just kind of a pioneer for the sport, in that, especially when it came to training, when people started filming his training, he was doing crazy things, I mean, he was doing seven workouts in a day, and everyone at the time was like, oh, that's way too much, how, how could you possibly recover uh, but he was able to kind of prove everybody wrong. And the way that he's trained is now how everybody trains at that level. Uh, whether or not a bunch of them are on steroids, that's a whole other question. Uh, they do do drug testing, but it's in-house drug testing. So who knows? I've got my theories on that, but we don't need to go into that. Um, yeah, but, I mean, to keep it in perspective, uh, what Frazier's doing, uh, I mean, it's going to be – I think it's going to get hashed out. I think right now it is pretty close. But I think if Frazier keeps having this dominance, I don't think that we're going to be able to have this conversation in years to come. Yeah, I think if, if Frazier wins one more individual title, I think it might solidify it. So I'm really pulling that he doesn't. 
I honestly have no idea who <laughs> either of the two guys you guys are talking about. I think I'd rather go back to the competitive eating one. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah, we're still waiting for you to get in some competitions. For those of you that aren't familiar with CrossFit, uh, you can get to know at least the CrossFit games pretty well by watching a couple documentaries on Netflix. There's a, there's a bunch of them that are pretty entertaining that highlight all of these guys that we're talking about. So I guess uh, just to wrap that up, um, it is pretty close right now, uh, but only time will tell on who that true goat is. Again, tweet at us, see us in person, tell us your opinion, and we can talk about it. All right, this time we'll make our way into that Trivia Tuesday. <laughs> oh, man. So this segment actually came up because we were out to dinner one time, and I I don't even know how I thought of the when was Laura's founded question to you guys. And they had absolutely no idea. Um, I think Nick said like 1920-ish. <laughs> um, Cole was a little closer. I think I said 1856. Something originally. like that, yeah. Um, and it just made me realize, like, They've only been here a couple of weeks, um, and they have no idea about like Loris history and and stuff like that. So, my goal is to put give some give you guys some knowledge here, um, and also see what they don't know. Uh, so, first question that I came up with that hopefully you guys understand now: When was Loris College founded? Eighteen thirty nine. Studied that one there. <laughs> <laughs> Got that yeah, one. Yeah, they, they had to research that one. <laughs> All right. Um, Next question, maybe a little more difficult. All right, so this is more of a more more recent uh, trivia question. So there's been multiple buildings on campus, and I'm going to give it a little bit away. Athletic fields. Um, what are the different construction updates that happened over uh, summer? So we added the crest at Kane. Uh, we worked on the front entrance to Kane. That's one. I mean, Kane Hall as a whole is is one of the buildings. Oh, man. I had some specifics for that. I know they're updating the lighting. They're adding outdoor seating. <laughs> I know about Kane. Um, they, I believe they just, they're working on the outfield of the softball field. Uh, so that's another one for the athletics. Correct. Uh, baseball. Yep. That just got done. There's a couple of updates to the pool as well. We're getting new speakers, <laughs> new blocks, new lane lines, new flags. Um that's the, about it. The golf team's <laughs> looking to bring a track man four. Still three more construction <clears throat> updates, uh, one more athletic and two more non-athletic. AWC got new squat racks. There you go. The squat racks uh, and the yes. court. I'll, get, I'll put in the court. That okay. finished early. With the May-ish new logos. Around there. And new logos. platforms are part of that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then two more non-athletics. Non-athletics. Uh, I got the nothing. ARC. Uh, that was just a shot. We <laughs> go back to those abbreviations. Uh, the St. Joseph's Science Hall uh, received a new roof this summer, as well as uh, updated labs. Um, mm. They're updating a couple of the labs inside, um, and then Loris Parkway. They're still working on that. So oh that's yeah, the wall. Seen, though. the wall. Yeah. But you guys weren't here when it collapsed. Right, I mean, right. I guess I wasn't here either, but I knew about it just because being an alumni and everything. Um, but that was pretty crazy. So those are those are. Uh, What's going almost, on? Almost, almost completed. Yeah. Almost completed. I got. We got a few points there. It wasn't. Yeah, as I mean, bad. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't bad as I thought. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, this next one might be tough. All right. How many consecutive years has Loras College Television been named Station of the Year by the Iowa College Media Association? Fifteen. <laughs> was that just a guess? Um, well, can we get a hint here? Like, when was it founded? Well, no, it's just consecutive years. I mean, I actually don't know when it was founded, but well, okay, but well, I was just trying to get. A, I'm gonna guess 15 really was know. not correct. 
how many? It's got to be something pretty impressive then. So uh, 30. No, I mean, you guys are a little high. I know at Loris College Television is great, but it was Eight. 10. Ah. 10. 10 still pretty wild. Yeah, just won their 10th this, okay. this past spring. So okay. keep it going. Oh, yeah. And I think they will. I think they will. They're a really good, really good station. You should check them out. I don't know if you guys watch the broadcast or not, um, but they do news broadcasts uh, on a Wednesday and then alternate with a sports broadcast every other Wednesday they flip. Um, then they occasionally do live sports with uh, any of the sports on campus. Awesome. Uh, last one. Last one. So this is a, a pretty recent one that you guys may know of. Cole might. I don't know if Nick will. Um, so name the priest, Loris College priest, that it just was named to the bishop uh, of the diocese of Des Moines. Mm, yeah, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen him. I've definitely seen him around. I just wouldn't be able to tell you his name. It, I haven't officially met him First yet. name Joseph? No. You're kind of close, I think. I'll let you think about it for a little bit. That's all I had. Nothing. All right. Father Bill Johnson. Ah. Um, okay. Yeah. I he was, was uh, the dean Joe. of spiritual life, um, and then taught. He's taught religion classes at Loris for over ten years. I mean, that's pretty impressive, and that's awesome for our spiritual life to get a recognition like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sad to see him go. I mean, I never had him in class, but I know he's uh, very well liked on campus. Um, sad to see him go, but. Kind of excited for him and uh, mm-hmm. his professional development and career. So that was it for um, the trivia, Loris trivia. Um, if you have any questions that you want me to ask Nick and Cole, you could su- uh, suggest those as well. I'm always interested to see what other people are thinking about. Um, but now we're actually uh, moving towards um, questions from the fans, according to Nick and our thousands of listeners. Um, people write in and have questions for Nick and Cole. So... Um, first question is, what sports are each of you the worst in? Mm. Yeah, first off, a, a couple one. of these questions uh, were submitted by Nick's mom. So <laughs> uh, that is one follower out there. Shout out to Nick's mom. Yep, this comes from her. <laughs> um, go ahead. If you got one in mind, go ahead. The sport that I'm the worst at? Yeah. Well, I know you're the worst at swimming. <laughs> is that your worst, do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I would say... I'm not great at basketball, uh, just in general. I, I'm, I can hustle. I, I can run up and down the court. I can shoot average. But as far as, like, dribbling ability and actually having any skill there, I'm not great at it. I could probably go swimming. I mean, thinking about it and thinking through different sports, uh, that's one that, like, hustle can't – it can't not really help you, but, I mean, it could, but – in other sports, like, I can get physical and, like, hold my own uh, to at least look like I know what I'm doing. Uh, swimming, I don't think so. I'd probably look like a fish out of water, and even though I'm in the water. Yeah, that makes sense. I haven't actually seen you. Well, I did see you swim one time. It wasn't uh, awful. But it, it, no, it wasn't bad. I didn't really get a chance because we were in, like, a, an apartment pool. So That's true. you got to come to the actual pool one time, and I'll really judge you there. <laughs> I think my worst for- sport would be soccer. I'm not very light on my feet. I could be a goalie. I feel like I got some some size and I could cover some ground there. But other than that, I got nothing. I'm telling you, I think I earned a little respect with lacrosse when we did that all all athletics event. Oh yeah, Ooh, that I is picked tough. up the lacrosse and one. I showed Barb a little bit. Not like not good by any means, but at least like better than functional. Yeah, better than most people that haven't played lacrosse. At Correct. Least. 
All right, next question. Uh, what advice would you give to a new student? Um, to be honest, uh, Laura's, there's a bunch of different events that you can get involved in, different different clubs, different athletics. Um, coming here and just embracing all those different things that you can get involved in. Uh, plenty of different people. Uh, they're very welcoming here. Uh, my freshmen on the golf team, they love it. And they're here. They've been here two and a half weeks. Uh, they've met multiple different people. Uh, so branch out, get to know different people. Uh, challenge yourself within that first month, within those first semesters. See how many people that you can get to meet. Uh, it is, it's a unique experience at a smaller school. Uh, one of our uh, old athletic directors at Milliken said he loved the private school, the small private school. He was a wide receiver at Mizzou. And he said that his daughter, when she went to a small private school, she knew more people on campus than he did at a Division One school like Mizzou. So, again, mm -hmm. that smaller community, uh, you get to branch out. You get to meet a lot of different people, and you actually build relationships with them. Uh, you actually get to know them. You see them walking around campus. So that's uh, what I would challenge each incoming freshman, incoming newbie to kind of do when they come to Loris. Yeah, I, and I would say kind of to go along with that, embrace the change because it's going to be a lot different than what you're used to in a lot of different ways. Uh, and that can be stressful in good and bad ways. I mean, you can be having a lot of fun and you can get distracted and you, or you could be way too much. You could stress way too much about your academics and that could cause some stress. So really try to embrace everything, try to find that balance and don't let yourself stress out too much at the beginning. Let the semester play out. You'll get a much greater sense of your strengths and weaknesses, your schedule, how things go after a full semester or a full year here. Uh, and don't try to get caught up in the moment. Another thing is, is uh, the faculty. The faculty here at Loris is great. Yep. Uh, they want to see those students succeed. Uh, so building that relationship, not just with other uh, individuals as their students, but building that relationship with the faculty. Uh, they're going to help you uh, when you graduate. They're going to have those connections. They're going to help you find that job. And I mean, there's a great, it's 12 to 1 student ratio, uh, which is great. You have that opportunity to actually have a conversation with your teacher. You're not just another number. They want to know who you are. They know who you are and they expect you to be a class. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing I agree with completely. I mean, um, don't be afraid to go to a professor's office hours or talk to them after class or something like that. Um, I know I remember one thing from my first year that I think has stuck with me. Probably one of my most things out of Loris is um, she actually came in on a Sunday um, and stayed with us for like three or four hours to go over more material because we had an upcoming, it was midterms coming up. Um, and it just it just blew me away that she came in, gave up her Sunday to kind of help us out and and teach us. So yeah, that's the type of experience you're not going to get at a larger school, uh, for the most part. Uh, I would say I've experienced the larger school, and there were classes I took where I didn't even meet or know the professor. I was always talking to a TA, who and there were some good and there were some bad TAs. So here, smaller schools, much different experience. Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, how did you guys end up in coaching? Do <laughs> you want to go first? Uh, yeah. I mean, my dad was a high school swim coach and he's been a coach for 20 plus years now. So I've kind of always been around coaching. I never kind of saw it as what my career would be. Uh, when I moved out to San Diego, I started coaching CrossFit and really thought I was going to go kind of towards more the fitness realm. I started coaching swimming, uh, at the high school level just on the side because I really enjoyed the sport. And then I kind of fell in love with coaching high school. And then I started coaching at the college level. And it was at that time I realized, well, maybe I can make this a career. 
And what I really like about it is not only do I love the sport of swimming itself, but I get to help people and help students in a very unique way. I can help them through through the sport uh, because that's my skill set. Like I am able to then take what I know and help them as much as they can be helped in that situation. Yeah, that was a mine kind of started the same way too. Uh, my uh, dad was a high school coach for probably 20 some years uh, when he was uh, at university high school. He transitioned from that coaching role to an assistant AD. So I've always been around athletics throughout my entire life. And I have always enjoyed different sports. And honestly, so I did my four years of golf at Millican. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I took on the graduate assistant position where I was going to coach for two years. And originally, I was heart set on I was going to go out to Arizona. I was going to do personal training. I was going to find the golf program and then bring it back to the Midwest. I was going to use my MBA to start up a business. Uh, but then year two came around. Again, built those relationships. You watch those students grow as they walk in the door as a freshman. Uh, it's just cool at this time being able to mold. This is such a unique time in a student's uh, life mm -hmm. where they are away from their parents. They need somebody else to have that experience with, to somebody else to guide them because they don't have their mom and dad necessarily right by them side. Yep. So being able to be that person uh, for those individuals that help mold them to who they're going to be uh, is awesome uh, that I get to affect their lives in different ways, but also setting them up for success, uh, making sure that they're staying on top of their schoolwork, making right, sure that yeah. they're, they're doing the things they need to do, uh, help them grow up, have them the opportunity to play a different sport. Uh, giving them technique and stuff like that as well. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to articulate it. Uh, really, being able to fulfill that mentor role uh, is fulfilling to both me and you. It sounds like. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how we ended up in coaching. I guess very similar paths, eerily. Yeah, and I mean, I, g I give you guys credit. Coaching, I mean, it's a lot. It's just nonstop. I mean, because yeah, I mean, in season's crazy busy, but even. As soon as your day one off season or, I mean, even during season, you're constantly recruiting and um, trying to get more students. So I even had a conversation with um, the AD from Carl Sandberg. Uh, he's like, first off, he's been doing that for like 27 years. He's an AD kind of helping with different sports. Uh, so he was like, how like how old are you? He asked me, like honestly, like the same question. Uh, and we were bouncing different ideas. And, I mean, he loved that like coaching is starting to like get down to the to the young ages um that we're starting it's not necessarily building up those resumes that we were as a young age I was able to get that opportunity to become a head coach and he just told me be patient uh do what you're going to do and let the program develop so that was all the questions for today again feel free to suggest some to us um see us on campus or uh talk to us on twitter uh some couple upcoming events on campus, Wednesday, September 11th, is that transfer orientation. Thursday, September 12th, is the service trip info session. Friday night, cab bingo. Check out dohawks.com for all your upcoming athletic events. And for those of you that wanted an update on Kevin Hart, he is doing well. He is not paralyzed. So there you go. Uh, thanks for listening in to Tuesdays from Nick and Cole. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>